The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Fucking Welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. I am your host, JP John Paz. With me today, very special guest. He is a former WWE superstar and NXT World Tag Team Champion. You may know him as Wesley Blake or Weston Blake. Weston, welcome to the two-man power trip. Hey, man. Thank you for having me. This is great. Awesome. So what have you been up to? What's been going on in your world? Uh, Staying busy, having two kids, and uh, with a third one on the way. So... We've been staying busy with that. Uh, just got done with school. And, uh, you know, just kind of lining stuff up uh, to get ready. In about six weeks, I'll be free of my 90-day no-complete cause. And uh, so I'm just kind of getting things set up so I can start rocking and rolling uh, once baby number three comes. And then we can start going to work um, for anyone and whoever reaches out. And, you know, that's what I'm here for is here to work and, you know, showcase my talents wherever it need be three kids well two now but i know two will keep you busy yeah. but three it's gonna keep you very busy <laughs> this will be our last so this will be our last uh, but yeah so when that 90 days is up obviously that means you were released and that's kind of uh, a big news or big story because it was kind of a shock i don't know to me it was i was surprised were you like just floored with that? Were you kind of caught off base with that? Uh, I would say yes and no. Uh, just for the simple fact. So uh, we all know that I was tagging with um, Steve Cutler, now known as Steve Macklin. And we were doing the Knights of the Lone Wolf. And we were working with Corbin and stuff like that at the beginning of the year and towards the end of last year as well. And so... You know, we were very excited about it. We were happy to do it. We, we've known Corbin since down at NXT, so we were happy to be working with him. And, um, you know, we had a lot of promising uh, stories coming our way and stuff like that. So we were very excited about the future of that. But then, uh, as fate would have it, he, uh, you know, caught COVID uh, the beginning of uh, this year. And, and about two weeks later, two, three weeks later, he was released, which was a huge shock. Uh, you know, not only to him, but myself as well. And when he got released, you know, they uh, kind of told him that um, 
the creative had nothing for him. Uh, and so with that being said, I, that's where it kind of left me like, well, what, you know, we were just doing this Knights of the Lone Wolf with Baron Corbin. I know there was a halt on it. Uh, but once he was told that, we, um, myself, I should say, uh, started thinking like, well, what's their plan for me? And of course, I reached out to the writers and stuff like that. And I mean, of course, they said, you know, Knights of the Lone Wolf will be uh, no more. Um, so I started, you know, pitching ideas and stuff like that. And uh, the one idea that we came up with, um, well, which would be the fastest way to get uh, me on TV was uh, tagging with Buddy Murphy. And I know at the time, Buddy was doing stuff with the uh, Mysterious, but that got dropped uh, for, I mean, you know, unexpected reason. I don't know really why. Uh, so me and him were just kind of left there. And, you know, we started reaching out to each other. We started, like, formulating kind of like maybe we'll pitch some ideas to get us back together. I think that would be, you know, I always enjoyed wrestling with Buddy, and uh, we learned a lot from each other. And that was one of the, you know, fun times in my career was wrestling with, with Buddy. So we, uh, so we started doing that. And I believe after Mania, I actually talked to him the day before I got released, and he was going in to talk to uh, – to the creative and some of the, some of the writers and to see if we can make that happen. But unfortunately, you know, would make sense. Call. Yeah. Right. Blake and Murphy, great tag team in NXT would make sense. Yeah. 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 It's, it's funny. Cause we, uh, we, uh, talk about it all the time. Cause when, um, we first got split up, we, uh, didn't know we were going to get split up at the time. Alexa Murphy and myself, we were all together. And we kind of knew that they wanted to separate Alexa from Murphy and myself. And so um, once we kind of got news of that, we're like, okay, then, you know, that's fine. And I think shortly after we thought we were going to, you know, because back then in NXT, you know, you kind of win a title or you're kind of there for a little bit and then you kind of get called up. And then at that time, you know, they were going to like, hey, we're going to separate uh, Lexi from y'all too because we have some plans with her and we were like, oh, that'd be great. So great for Alexa. It turned out wonderful for her. That girl is super talented, so talented. You know, she helped out a lot with Murphy and myself. But uh, yeah, so once they uh, split Alexa with and uh, us up, uh, me and him thought we were going to still tag. And then shortly after, we kind of started figuring out once we started getting the TV, like, oh, maybe we're not tagging anymore. Uh, maybe they could be splitting us up. And so, and uh, ultimately they did. And it's just funny because we were talking about, man, we, we pitched an idea that we would have like a best out of three series uh, for NXT, but um, that kind of got shot down because they, they, uh, they didn't want either one to get the upper hand on uh, each other, just kind of say like, hey, uh, this one's better than this one kind of thing. So, you know. What was the reason for like the release that when they gave you like a, a reason? Did they give you the old creative reason? No, they didn't give me the creative reason. They they said budget cuts. Yeah, I got the call and they, you know, they uh laid it out for me pretty plain and simple that yeah, they're, they're doing a budget cut and that's you know, and my name was up on the list. So um you know, so like I said, it it was uh a somewhat a surprise. Uh, for me, but I think once they 
release Steve and, um, you know, and of course, uh, pitched ideas, but once they, I mean, if they didn't have any creative direction is what they told him, uh, they didn't probably have any creative direction for me as well. So, um, they got my release, you know, I got my release and, uh, and it's just one of those things I, I uh, talk about a lot. It's like, it's one of those things I, I can hold my head up high about, uh, just for the simple fact that I, I did anything and everything that I could do, um, in order to, Get on TV, stay on TV, anything relatively, you know, that sort of thing. So, um, what is a shock? A little bit um, disappointed. Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, um, when that stuff happens, you take it a little personal, just because I've been with WWE for eight years now, and I've, you know, so much of my life was with WWE, and I, you know, one of those things where I've given so much of my life. Um, with the company, you know, and of course, once you get hired by WWE, you're, you, you know, you try to figure in that you're going to try to be a lifer somehow. You're going to try to, you know, uh, stay there and stay on top as best you can. Uh, but unfortunately, that wasn't the case for myself. When you hear budget cuts, are you like believing that, or, or, or you think that's like another one of those creative reasons? Because you hear like how much money they're making and you know, how much stock is worth and everything seems to be pointing in the profitable direction. Yeah. Um, they, yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the thing with WWE. I know they are a business first type company. You know, they will always seem to make, um, make sure that they get paid first type thing. And that's kind of way that, that, that they've always worked and they want to make sure that they've always had money. Um, so, you know, it's just one of those things that, um, you know, that, that, that seems to happen. It seems to happen, uh, of course, in the past couple of years, it's about the same time of year, usually after mania. And that's, um, and that's just the reality of it is, you know, that company is going to uh, do what's best for them to make money as much as they can. Um, and, you know, and if that's what they got to do, that's what they got to do. And so... That's the one thing where it's it. It's you, you know, you kind of take it personally, but then you look at it from a business aspect. And if they are going to make cuts, they're going to make it, you know, to where they feel like they're going to make the most money um, by cutting some of the talents. When you pitch ideas, how does that go? So when we pitch ideas, um, so I've done it numerous ways. So when me and Steve were first going with the Forgotten Sons, uh, we kind of showed them uh, more than kind of writing it out because we had the performance center and we had, so we would uh, grab some of the creative guys and stuff like that. They also have performance center shows there. And so when we started pitching the Forgotten Sons, we uh, kind of wrote it out for them, but then we also showed them as well as what uh, is what we wanted and what kind of what we wanted to brand it ourselves. And so we would do the PC shows. We would also um, show them of what we're doing on live events and stuff like that when we were given the opportunity. And so that, that's how we pitched stuff for Forgotten Sons. Now when we went to go pitch stuff again during the pandemic, uh, a lot different. We had to, you know, of course, send emails and a lot of writing and stuff like that. Send, we would send images. We would send like um, 
uh, what is it like uh, YouTube clips of like movies of kind of what we what we thought our ideas were going to be and what we wanted to portray or what kind of where we get our ideas and where we get creative and stuff like that. And so that was so there's numerous ways to, uh, to pitch ideas in my mind. You know, it's however you can, um, and hopefully uh, we kept in contact with our writer. Uh, once we kind of got on the main roster to kind of pitch ideas and stuff like that. But starting out with Forgotten Soldier was a kind of a completely different process. So. so you pitch ideas just to your specific writer or do you pitch them at all to Vince or like a Bruce Pritchard? No, uh, never talked to Vince. I, uh, we did uh, sit down with Bruce Pritchard and and when we went to TVs one time, me and Steve, we went there and he talked to us only probably for a good 10, 15 minutes uh, just to kind of get to know us a little bit. And kind of we kind of pitched ideas to him as well. And uh, he kind of gave us some feedback and he also kind of, that's right before the Knights of the Lone Wolf. And that's kind of when he shot the idea at us of, hey, we're thinking of putting you with Corbin somehow. And of course, which we both said, yeah, that, you know, that would be great. So. Um, yeah, so when we first start pitching the ideas, we actually pitched that idea of us teaming with Corbin, I want to say probably about six, seven months, probably the summer during the pandemic. Um, when um, we start pitching stuff, then if we could be with Corbin, just kind of like you know, attaching ourselves to somebody, uh, just to get on TV for a little bit and uh, hopefully get our foot in the door and then head on way up. Uh, so we did that, then we finally got to talk with Bruce, I'm going to say in December of this past year. What did you so. think of, like, the Forgotten Sons, the gimmick in general? Did you want it to be more, like, biker, or did you want it to be more specifically, like, army military? Um, so we we wanted more, uh, yeah, we, when me and Steve originally pitch the idea we were kind of going more APA-esque uh, that kind of kind of like a, some brawler badasses type stuff was when we first started pitching it and so we did that for a good while I want to say about nine months we were doing that to try to get on TV at NXT and then uh, we were told that they would add Riker to us and so and then of course with Riker that him and Steve had the military bond and that type of stuff. So they started kind of going, um, that's when they started kind of getting into the military um, gimmick uh, with us a little bit. And so, and of course me not being military, um, I was just kind of being the person that, you know, that welcomed them home with open arms, well, you know, this kind of type of thing is, you know, the kind of buddy that they wanted and needed. So that was that's the original the original pitch of uh, Forgotten Sons was Steve and I, APAS, um, brawler badasses type stuff, and then you know once we kind of were playing with the ideas and stuff like that, and creative would you know give us this or give us that, then once they gave us Riker, it went a little bit more uh, military. When Riker has those controversial tweets, I guess you could say. Right. What's like your reaction to that? Like, what what are you thinking? Like, oh boy, or are you thinking like we might be in trouble? Or what was your thoughts? Uh, 
So when the that tweet happened, I got a text message from a couple of, uh, from the boys, and they, you know, so they let me know I was in bed, you know, about to, you know, getting ready to go to bed, and you know, it was just one of those things where so uh, Steve texted me as well, and then we both messaged Riker and just asked him like, hey, uh, you know, we're kind, of, we're kind of getting some flack here from the boys and stuff like that. Maybe, you know, maybe you should take that tweet down and stuff like that. And, you know, Riker's is his own man and he, you know, didn't take the tweet down and he, you know, uh, pursued and what he thought, what, you know, he thought he was doing something right and, and what that was. Um, and I, I've told Riker this on many occasions. I know you didn't tweet that thinking um, like we need to get in much trouble or get us in trouble. And he's apologized to me several times on several different occasions. He never meant us to uh, hurt our careers in that way, in that aspect. You know, that I mean, he was just showing his support uh, for something that he believed in. And so, um, you know, and that was that. And, and then, of course, Steve and I, once that tweet came out, uh, we went the very next day to the Performance Center and offered our apologies to anyone and, you know, kind of the locker room and that type of stuff to kind of, like, mend the fences. And we were told uh, when we got there, we were told that uh, this, that this wouldn't affect us, that this would, uh, you know, they're like, oh, you know, they, we were told this time heals all wounds. Uh, he said, so we're going to let y'all lay low for um, a couple of weeks and then we're going to kick right back up in. And uh, we were going to start going towards New Day. And then um, after a couple of weeks, that kind of faded. And then, yeah, and then next thing you know, we're sitting at home all summer. And then uh, we even, uh, we got a call in September as well. Uh, all three of us, we got a joint call saying that they're going to bring us back. You know, um, as Forgotten Sons, us three that were going to come back all together, but we um, they were going to change our look a little bit. It wasn't going to be so military. It was going to kind of, you know. So they had an idea of bringing all three of us back together. Uh, and then, you know, a month goes by, two months go by, and we didn't hear anything. And then we find out in December that Riker uh, went to Raw, and then we stayed on SmackDown. And then, of course, that's when uh, we were getting told that we were going to move forward. When that does happen with Riker, is it heat on you guys? I know it's not really meant to be, and it shouldn't be, but is that heat on you guys kind of unfairly? Well, uh, when we went into the locker room, I mean, everyone seen there was no heat with uh, Steve and myself. Uh, when we talked to everyone, and, of course, when we – uh, made the apologies, um, you know, on our half, and we, you know, said our 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 piece. There was no heat um, on our side from from the boys' standpoint. Um, I don't know. I don't know for the office. I I don't know. Um, but yeah, from that standpoint, there was no heat uh, with us. And like I said, we were. Uh, and from what it sounded like when we talked to uh, someone from the office, it sounded like you know. There wasn't much heat there as well, like creatively. So they, you know, because it sounded like they were going to keep going with us, um, and they, but they wanted that to die down. And uh, of course, you know, that never came to fruition. Yeah. 
when when Riker went to Raw, like what were you like? What were your thoughts? Like, wow, you know, they put him on Raw. Like, did you have any thoughts or feelings on that? Well, he well he let us know because, like I said, we all kind of kept in touch um, through the whole thing. Um, just because when when that happened, and once we kind of realized, once Steve and I re- realized, like, oh, they're not bringing us back like they said they were after the two weeks or two three weeks or whatever. That's when Steve and I started pitching ideas. We uh, we pitched all sorts of ideas. I mean, we pitched on like kicking record out of Forgotten Sons. We we pitched you know uh, record with you know we pitched all sorts of we pitched injury angles you know type of stuff. We we pitched you know gimmick changes. We, that's when we started pitching with Corbin maybe. So we did all sorts of pitches, um, you know, to kind of best our situation, and it just never happened. But Riker uh, let us know ahead of time, like, hey, because uh, he messaged us, he said, hey, are y'all going to be at Raw? And we said, no. He goes, oh, I think I'm going to Raw for something. And so uh, he went, um, he was backstage at Raw. Uh, he, I think he went for a couple weeks, but they, they didn't use him um, right away. So, and, and from what he told me, that he, he wasn't given any creative direction uh, once he was there when he tried to get information. So, when you guys were on SmackDown, Steve had mentioned, you know, feuding with New Day and stuff. At one point, were you pitched maybe winning the tag titles at, at any point? Or did you thought maybe you would be winning the tag titles at any point? Um, so we, we knew we were going to New Day. We didn't know how far or how long we were going to go with New Day. So we were both, Steve and I were both very excited about that. And so when you when we watched that storyline progress, um, with Shinsuke and Cesaro and then winning the titles, that's when Steve and I thought like, oh, that I think that was supposed to be us. But I mean, they, we weren't told like, hey, y'all are going to feud with New Day, y'all are going to win the titles. That, that was never brought up, brought up there. When they went to, um, when we were talking to creative, like, hey, we're going to kind of get, you know, here's y'all's promos, we're going to get kind of get your story out and then um, y'all are going to start feuding with New Day. Uh, here in the near future, and so, but it was never brought to our attention uh, that we were going to take the titles or anything. But like I said, once you saw that, because we saw us get taken out, and we saw Shinsuke and Cesaro get put in, and they kind of got put in that uh, you know role into which where they took the tag titles. So that's when Steve and I kind of thought, mm, yeah, that probably uh, that could have been us, um, you know. Do you ever get, you know, bitter about anything as far as I know eight year run, it's a good run, but do you ever get bitter like, man, like, you know, that could have been us or that should have been us. Any sort of bitterness there? Uh, No bitterness. Um, I I tell Steve and I tell my wife and anyone that's around me that I, everything happens for a reason. And uh, I, I believe that. I believe, you know, that I mean, there, there's no no sense of being better when uh, I can get up and try to make it better, you know. And so there is there is some good that uh, came out of it. I, um, I mean, obviously I was home for a while, and luckily I was home because my wife was pregnant with our third, so I was able to help the kids and stuff like that. And um, you know, just just little things like that that kind of you know little blessings that that I see and that I like. Um, 
in my life that's kind of helped me overall and my overall look and perception of things has, you know, has left me better and has left me um, not bitter uh, in, in the slightest. You know, I, it, it, if anything, it's probably made me better. Great advice and, uh, yeah. you know, great thing. You, know, you can make yeah. something better instead of just being bitter. Yeah. So, yeah, and like I said, we, um, um, yeah, I've learned, like I said, in the past year and a half, I've learned a lot of, you know, like, of course, there's been, you know, ups and downs as, as, you know, as many people have in their career and stuff like that. And I know that as a, as a time may, you know, that, that wasn't my intentions of getting let go. Uh, by any means, after being with the company for eight years, but I believe there will be some good coming out of it. Uh, you know, here coming the future once the ninety-day complete cause is over, and I can start doing my own things and start doing stuff creatively that I think um, that I like, and I can put my hands in different projects and stuff like that. Because watching the wrestling, I mean, watching wrestling now, I mean, it's everywhere. There's a lot of places you can go. You know, and so there's uh, there's a lot of great opportunities, a lot of great wrestlers out there that I'm looking uh, forward to wrestling, and uh, hopefully I get the opportunity to wrestle. You keep up with a lot of the current day product? I do, I do. I, I'm a, I mean, I'm I'm a wrestling fan, uh, you know, since day one, uh, since I've been in diapers, and I, I've always I've always watched wrestling. I mean, that's just kind of that's just. Than me, that's you know a lot of people have other um, hobbies and stuff like that, which I do. Uh, but I mean, wrestling's always been kind of like my number one, and I enjoy uh, all types of wrestling. You know, it, uh, but I mean, growing up, it was of course WCW and WWE. And then once I started training with Dory, you know, that's when he opened my eyes to Japan wrestling, and that's when like it was just like. You know, like I just saw wrestling for the first time in Japan in Panza, so I got a, a obsessed with that, and that's when I kind of started doing like a little bit of indies, uh, and then like that's when other stuff started opening. Like I saw ROH and other these other promotions that weren't as big as WWE um, as WWE was, but it was just still it was still just as exciting as watching the, the, that product or different products, and. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoy watching wrestling. I enjoy watching today's product um, as much as anyone else. So many leagues out there. I mean, you got Ring of Honor, Impact, MLW, New Japan, uh, NWA. A lot of wrestling out there. A lot AEW. Yeah, yeah, AEW, MLW. Uh, like you said, Impact. Um, I mean, like New Japan. You got Noah. Yeah, I mean, you got all sorts of, you know. It's going to be great when stuff starts opening back up and, you know, kind of getting back in front of people. So, yeah. Seems like the fans are dying to get back <laughs> to yes. wrestling shows. Yes. I know. Well, I mean, as, as a performer, we're, we're dying for fans to come back as well. So it's just, a, it's just much of a 50 50 with that, you know, because, yeah, I mean, that's the reason why we get into it is to perform in front of people in front of our fans and you know that's the reason why people enjoy it so much you know the live action and that's a, I always tell people like you see it on TV but once you're there in person there's no experience like it it really isn't like once you're 
there at a show and you feel the energy, you feel everyone, you, the performers are in the performance. There's really no, nothing like it. So, yeah, very excited. When you were in the Thunderdome and you're wrestling for the no people, is that one thing where it's like hard to get pumped up? Like there's no energy in the building? Um, yeah, I, it is. It is a bit. Uh, but it's funny because it just reminded me like when we uh, when I first started wrestling, you know, I was wrestling in front of five to ten fans, you know, and so I mean, and if you got like a little whoop out of them, you thought you did something. So, <laughs> uh, so it kind of takes you back to that. But I mean, if if you're in there with the right partner, you're in there with the right people, you you can get just as jacked up as, as anyone else, you know. Um, like I said, when we were wrestling, um, the the new day in the Thunderdome, it, it was just exciting because I mean they were still their entrance was coming, you know, it was still a great entrance. Uh, they're doing their promos and stuff, and then our entrance hitting off, and then you know we did that four way of Money in the Bank and stuff like that. It was a, a little weird when you know you do something and you want that immediate crowd reaction, so you're kind of like, oh, you know. Uh, but for the most part, with, with with working with everyone there, they made it a lot easier to get yourself uh, focused and back, you know, back jazzed up. What do you think of the computer screens and the fake crowd noise? <laughs> um, it was very uh, interesting, and it was very uh, intuitive. I would say, like, it was very creative. Uh, you know, I would uh, never think when I got into wrestling that I would ever be in front of computer screens with people watching. So it was very creative and, you know, kind of, kind of cool, you know, like you look out, you don't see fans, you see, it was very futuristic, you know, like a, almost like a Mad Max or something. Where you, you know, kind of, but yeah, you know, you know, it took a little getting used to. And, uh, and of course the, the piped in, um, Fan reaction stuff that, that it, you know it, it helps and stuff like that. And I I saw NXT, you know they had some fans come in, so you know they were in there at the, the performance center and stuff like that. Which you know anything like that helps, of course. Um, so yeah, I mean it's the great thing about uh, us performers, we can always um, you know we can always adapt and whatever situation that's given in front of us, you know? So, you know, I, I feel like sometimes when, when there was no crowd or anything, I was almost like uh, portraying as an actor for somebody, that, you know, so. You're not using the crowd for uh, the emotion and uh... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, it, that kind of stinks a little bit, you know, that you're not getting that, that vibe, you know? Right, you're not getting that immediate response that you would with the crowd, you know, and, um, you know, and like I said, that, you know, that the reason we got in, in for it is because of the fans and that media reaction and stuff like that, but, uh, you know, I, I always enjoy performing, whether it's in front of a crowd or in front of the camera, uh, you know, I remember performing and in front of my living room with my family uh, when I was four years old, so. Right. You know, so yeah, it all comes full circle. You know, but you know, if you enjoy what you do, I mean, you do it regardless. And that was one of the things that I took away from it is that 
and I, I would wrestle in front of computer screens. I'll wrestle in front of five people. I'll wrestle in front of 20,000 people. That's the, the love that you have for this. You mentioned Dory Funk Jr. Pretty yes. crazy, you know, being trained by one of the greatest of all time. Uh, I feel like the, that's crazy. The fucking conservatory, just him in general. What a, a legend, you know, icon yes. of wrestling. Yeah. How'd you get in with him? Uh, I was at, I was in college at the time, and I was just about to graduate uh, college, and I was going through like oh, I was like kind of looking for jobs, but I really wanted to wrestle. That was just one of my things. I tried to get into a wrestling school out of high school. Uh, I tried to get with um, Rudy Boy Gonzalez down in San Antonio, and I sent in a couple applications, but he just never got back to me. And so um, I was like, well, sh shoot, I don't um, So I, I tried other places and stuff like that, but I just never kind of got a response. So I just went to college and worked and stuff like that. And yeah, I was coming uh, near the end. I, I just so happened uh, to be talking to my dad on the phone. Um, you know, one night, and he said, oh, you never guess who I just ran into at the gym. And at the time, my dad had moved into a Florida. And I said, who? He said, Dory Funk Jr. And I said, no way. I was like, I was like what are the odds of you running into Dory Funk Jr.? Because my dad grew up um, kind of in Aberdeen, in North Texas, um, where, you know, the Funks and the Von Erics used to run stuff like that. And then my dad actually ran track against a couple of the Von Erics. Um, back in the day. And so my dad was a huge wrestling fan. He just, you know, and so he, you know, of course, so yeah, I just ran to the door. I said, well, did you say anything to him? He goes, no, I didn't say anything to him. I said, well, you know, next time try to talk to him. And of course, about three or four days later, my you know, dad calls me back and he, he says, again, I got to talk to him and he actually has a wrestling school here. And I said, no way. And then that's when uh, me and my dad started talking. I, I told him, I said, well, uh, next time you talk to him, say I would really like to join the school and become a professional wrestler. And my dad was stoked. My dad was, you know, 100% supportive of me and, and my dream. And uh, and so that's what I did. I let my family know, like, yeah, after I graduate, I'm packing up my truck and I'm going to Florida and I'm going to start wrestling. So, and that's what I did. And I, I graduated that Saturday, and then I left that sun, next Sunday morning to go start training uh, to be a wrestler. So amazing, like how the connection yeah. happened. Yeah, it, it, yeah, just kind of a stroke of luck, you know, to kind of see how, you know, just my dad and him, you know, meeting at the gym and stuff like that, and then you know, of course, you know, meeting up with Dory, um, just an absolute honor, and just, I mean, just. Um, just a wealth of knowledge, and I always look to him as my father figure in the wrestling business because he's been always so kind, always so helpful uh, towards me. Even now, uh, late in my career, uh, or later in my career, not late, but later in my career, he's been always so helpful uh, towards me with anything and everything. Um, one of the first people to actually message me when I got released and stuff like that. So, yeah. Wow. So still connected to him. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, we, we still talk through text and stuff like that, and like I said, he's, you know, um, always helpful throughout my career and stuff like that, whether, you know, he watch my matches or do whatever, or, you know, we would do shows, we would do shows down in Ocala, and we get to do something with him down there, and it's always been fun, and he's always, you know, uh, just great just to 
listen to him tell stories and just listen to him, uh, you know, on his perspective of the business and everything like that. And it's just been it's wonderful. I'm lucky, I'm very lucky and blessed that I got to uh, start off with such a great teacher like that. Crazy how it all happened, you know, it's, yeah. you know, how everything just falls into place. There's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. With Dory, what's his training like? I mean, is it real old school? Does he do some new school? Like, what's it like training under him? Um, you know, he he was great in a way that he, I mean, he's an old school wrestler, but I mean, he kept it like some ways, but he wasn't, uh, I mean, he kind of had some new ways into it as well. He knew, um, they kind of like uh, take care of your body. He knew that, he knew that, you know, everyone has a bump card. Every, you know, he knew that you know that this has a taxing toll on your body he's like so you know that he always um his training was was relatively good and uh i remember my first day uh, you know he, we you know we warm up and do stuff like that and then he uh taught us how to go in and out of the ring properly you know and that stuff taught, you know he taught us everything basic and um, you know, after that first day, he, you know, he kind of said, like, "Well, you're about to gonna have, you're gonna have your first match on a show Saturday." And I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> I was like, "Really?" He goes, "Yeah, the only way you're gonna learn is you know being out there and doing it." And so, luckily, I was working with someone who had been working for about five, six years, uh, who helped me, you know, he led me through it, and he was an absolute tremendous uh, partner that I had uh, in the ring. So, but yeah, he, um, training with him was some of the funnest times and, uh, you know, it was great with him. He, his school, he didn't, uh, you know, you can, um, you can come into the school at any time. So it's not like, okay, you start January and then we'll end, uh, March or whatever. You can start at any time. And it was cool to see the, uh, influx of wrestlers coming throughout the, the time I was there. Some with like no experience and some with experience and you know and how they all got trained and you know it's very much very fun very eye opening uh, you know just to kind of see uh, you know you got different people's perspective and different people's uh, level of expertise and stuff like that and it was just really cool uh, so yeah he, uh, to me it was if I had started a school I would probably do a lot of what he did. With, with is he the gateway to NXT? Like, is that how you got into NXT through him? Yeah, through his connections. Yeah, um, you know, of course, Joe Briscoe. I mean, him and, and Joe Briscoe go way back, and that's um, he um, invited Joe Briscoe into one of our shows, and so uh, Joe Briscoe came up and he. Um, was watching some of the wrestlers, I think, you know, uh, at the show and stuff like that. And, he, and me and uh, another guy there were picked to kind of go. He's like, hey, we have a tryout in Tampa um, at that time. And that's that's how we got looked at um, for NXT, was uh, through Dory uh, knowing John Briscoe. And Briscoe came in to watch us train, and then he watched us do um, a show that how do you kind of get into NXT? Like, is Gerald Briscoe making the call, or is, is you know, who, Canyon Seaman maybe making the call? Like, hey, we want you in NXT. We want to sign you. Uh, so Gerald Briscoe, uh, uh, he was one of the talent scouts that, um, and he would go around. I think he did like a lot of the amateur wrestlers uh, that got. You know, he was kind of like their bridge to get into NXT. 
and stuff like that. So uh, he was obviously one of mine with, with Dory, and then they they offer you a tryout, and then once you kind of get to uh, the tryout, you run your the tryout for about four or five days, and uh, my tryout that's where I met Buddy, and uh, after that, then it's you mostly deal with Ken and see if you're going to get hired or not. But yeah. What did you think about Ken? Uh, Ken was always really nice to me. Um, for you know, for the most part, he always treated me very well. He was always very respectful uh, to me, and uh, for the most part, kept it honest with me. So uh, I, I had no problems with Ken when he uh, through my trial process. Um, you know, he kind of uh, you know pulled people aside that I think were like they were notion that they were going to get hired or something like that because we went off to like the uh, of the little warehouse and took pictures and stuff like that for a good kind of look and he yeah and then he let me know um let's see uh, my trial was uh in september early october and he called me emailed me i'm sorry uh that december saying that we're gonna hire you and so, and then when I was in the company, uh, Canyon Seaman was always um, very nice. Uh, ran a bunch of tryouts where Canyon was, of course, you know, looking for talent and stuff like that. And he was always very nice uh, to me, uh, doing with helping out doing the tryouts and stuff like that. And so, yeah, so Canyon was always, always very pleasurable uh, working with him. No offense to him, but going from one of the greatest NWA champions of all time to a professional volleyball player. Is that a weird thing in wrestling? Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, it's not, uh, you know, not my job to, uh, you know, to uh, have his credentials. You know, that's where WWE put him, you know, I mean, that's not uh, my fault or anything like that. That's not, uh, you know, I, they could have, you know, they could put anyone in there, but I mean, obviously they want to Kenny Seaman in that role. So, um, yeah. No knocking him. I was just, you know, saying it's kind yeah. of weird going from like it's strictly wrestling guys, Gerald Briscoe, Funk, and then all of a sudden it's like volleyball. Yeah, Kenny Seaman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, from what, so talking with him, he was always, um, you know, he's he's kind of a fan of wrestling. And he really, you know, admired and respected us as what we went through. Uh, of course, like I said, he was volleyball, so he, he knew the athleticism and stuff like that. And, you know, I think he knew. Um, but he also, he, he I think his eyes opened really when we started traveling a lot and stuff like that. And he just saw what, you know, WWE is and what wrestling is. I think he, uh, he got a huge amount of respect for it. Uh, because, I mean, of course, I think that job, they started, uh, I'm pretty sure, I can't speak for him, but he started traveling quite a bit as well. You know, and I think that's where his respect level and stuff like that started going up for wrestlers and wrestlers' talent you know, and stuff like that. So, yeah. And so, uh, I mean, he's, that was his uh, job. And so, that's where, you know. Where do you report to? The Performance Center when you first get signed? Yep. Uh, the, um, I was a day one performance center, so they literally opened up the performance center, and uh, we were the first class to go in there. So, yep, that was, um, we had a tryout in Tampa um, at the old FCW arena, 
And so we had a tryout there, and then we were the very first class uh, to go in. What was that experience like? I mean, this is a giant, like, football-esque oh, facility. Crazy. Yeah, crazy. Because, I mean, I was, you know, uh, training in a warehouse with Dory and stuff like that. Yeah. And then you go from that into, like, yeah, this big uh, multi-million dollar facility, you know, with seven different rings and stuff like that. You know, coaches. And at that time, the first two weeks was crazy to perform soon just because of all the media and stuff like that there. Because, of course, it was like, groundbreaking and now you know so they had you know they wanted to show that in orlando i mean they had all sorts of people there showing showing off their performances so it was very much uh, all hands on deck and you know no one knew what was going on kind of type thing and it was kind of long crazy days but they were they were kind of fun you know because i mean they were, they needed a body here they needed a body there and stuff like that so yeah the first two weeks was just a whirlwind because we did that, but they were still running NXT shows, and so they still had to do, you know, we had to go back to Tampa the Thursday to do FCW show, and then, um, you know, we had to be somewhere Friday, you know, so it was just kind of like, first two weeks was crazy, and, you know, it was kind of like a blur. Who were your trainers? Uh, so when I first got there, it was Norman Smiley. Norman Smiley was uh, my first trainer that was in there, and I love Norman. Uh, I got to see and then, um, you know, I was with Norman for a good little bit, but I would interchange between him and Billy Gunn. Uh, and Billy Gunn was a, was a trainer there as well. And so I got to, uh, that, that's probably what I was with most of the time. And then towards later on uh, NXT, I was with Terry Taylor for the most part. Um, but yeah, and then I, uh, but I was sprinkling because um, there, I mean, they would have extra classes and stuff like that. So I, you go in with like Sarah Del Rey, and then uh, Joey Mercury was there early on um, before he got moved up to producer and stuff like that. I was in there for like a month or two. Um, Mick Dinsmore was there early on as well, that he, he was good. Uh, Matt Bloom as well, he was before he took the head coaching role, he was uh, there. Um, Adam Pierce, Adam Pierce was another one. I mean, so Scotty Tuhati. I mean, there, there's a you know plethora of people that from all different backgrounds and stuff like that that you know that they could learn from, and that was that was one of the fun things to do was you know as um, you know Norm is just an encyclopedia of wrestling, and you know just with everything and just his mind with spots and and you know encounters and, and stuff like that is just you know top notch, second to none. So. Any interaction with Triple H? Uh, Triple H, um, nothing. I mean, we had a couple talks uh, with me and Buddy, and kind of like with uh, with Steve and Riker and I, but nothing more than what like a creative. Um, you know, like he would kind of tell us what he would want out of us and that type of stuff. And yeah, I mean, I, I didn't. That's one thing that I, I, I told Steve that we should have. Or we not like we didn't try, but we, you know, I wish we would have had a better relationship with Triple H uh, in that aspect. Because um, we, you know, because I mean, he knows we were there for a long time, and I think he knew that, you know, that we could go and stuff like that, but we just never had that, like, relationship or anything like that. It's not like I can give him a call or a text or anything like that. Like, I didn't have that uh, relationship type with him. I, 
we did start having that relationship, me and Steve, with uh, Shawn Michaels uh, towards you know towards the end of our NXT run, which was which was great because then that's where that's Triple H's right hand man, you know, kind of who he you know looks to as well. So towards the end, I, you know, that that was always great because we had a good relationship with Shawn and stuff like that, and so I think that's. I mean, I think that's what helped us get on TV the way we did um, with uh, Sean went to on one of our NXT uh, road shows, uh, just kind of produce, I think, to kind of see some of the talent. And we had a match with the Street Profits. Uh, I mean, it was, I think we went 25, 30 minutes and it was, it was incredible. One of my favorite matches. And I think when we got to the back, you know, Sean had high praises and that's when I think Sean like kind of you know, tip the hat like, hey, Triple H, I think we need to, you know, do something with these guys. And, and Street Profits as well. And I think that's shortly after, that's when they started Street Talk. And then they started wanting to do something with us. But I think they're, they're, they uh, had, you know, they wanted Riker to come on. And so then we had to wait a little bit before Riker came up. I'm always curious with the NXT guys. Wesley Blake, like, where does the name come from because everybody has like a, the, you know, a name generator it seems like and then you throw names into the hat yeah uh, I mean when I used to go so when I was uh, before that I went by Wild Weston and so Cowboy just, yeah so I was just kind of going I was just trying to go, go off those names and Blake is a family name uh, Blake's actually my brother's uh, name so um uh, I, I threw a bunch of my uh, family names in a hat and stuff like that. And and Wesley, uh, I've always been called West, you know, um, for, you know, because of my last name, but a lot of people have known me and called me West. And so I was just trying to go off a name with that. And, and so I, I pitched a bunch of West names and stuff like that. And then it was probably three months into uh, NXT down there is when we finally got our names. And that was the thing back then in NXT, you had to wait and get your uh, ring name before you could be on um, any house shows. Really? Yeah, back, I mean, back then, yeah. Why is that? Uh, I, I wasn't real sure. That, that, I mean, that's what we were told, like, oh, we were going to wait until um, you all have, you know, your ring names before uh, we start putting you on house shows and stuff like that. So we're Okay, so I mean, we right away pitched, you know, a lot of us pitched our names right away, and then we just kind of hope to hear back from them right away. And so, yeah. So at first, you you know, you like the name Wesley Blake. They're going to make you a cowboy at first? Well, that was me. So um, when I first got there, I noticed that there wasn't, like, any, there wasn't any uh, country. You know, there wasn't any, any, uh, any cowboys or anything like that. And with my background, I uh, uh, of growing up on a horse farm with horses and stuff like that, I, I was like, "Well, this could be an easy fit." And at my tryout, um, was Jason Jordan and Juice Robinson ran my tryout. Uh, were the two two athletes that uh, helped run it. And I'll never forget. Um, I was the last day after the promos and everything. I was just walking out. And I was talking with Steve Kern, and, and right as I was about to leave, Juice like stopped me. He goes, "Hey, I uh, just want to let you know that you know." The, um, NXT didn't have any Cowboys here. And I was like, yeah. He goes, so hopefully I'll be seeing you soon. Like, oh. And so when I left, I was like, oh, you know, that could be 
something. And so uh, when I first got there, that's what I was doing. I was pitching a Cowboys and uh, Cowboy uh, gimmick. But then I even um, I had a roommate who I was living there. Was, uh, he went by Cole Andrews. I think he never did any like, real TV time. Uh, but I we pitched a tag with him. But he didn't uh, he didn't come from wrestling, so they wanted him to get like a year's worth of training before he started uh, getting into matches. So uh, when did they decide like to like use the cowboy? Uh, well, so when I got there, they were uh, you know of course we were all just trying to get on NXT TV and stuff, and then once I started doing house shows as the cowboy and stuff like that. And I started using cowboy up and then, um, I started getting like a little bit of uh, TV, uh, as the cowboy. Um, but then they told me like, listen, um, you're gonna have to drop the cowboy. This doesn't like cowboy gimmicks. He thinks they're overdone, uh, type thing. So you're going to have to start doing something else, uh, while you're down there. So, like, oh, okay. So then I started, trying to think of something else like character wise and then it just so happened I um, was walking through the PC and Matt Bloom uh, was uh, teaching a class and he uh, calls me over and he goes hey you know have you ever thought about like tagging I was like of course I love tagging wrestling that's that's kind of like my thing I, I you know it's one of you know, he's tag team wrestling. He goes, hey, he's like, we ever thought about tagging with Buddy Murphy? I said, yeah, I'd love to. And so, um, you know, he's like, I'll just put that out there. He's like, you know, and so I was like, okay. So I went to promo class that night. And after my promo, Dusty told me, he goes, hey, uh, how about you do, you come back tomorrow and you cut a promo with Buddy Murphy? And I was like, okay, well, over what? And he goes, doesn't, doesn't matter. He's like, I, I just want to see you and Buddy Murphy in front of the, so yeah, when I left, I called Buddy. I was like, "Hey, yeah, they want us to do a promo together tomorrow." And he goes, "They say on what?" I said, "No." And then, um, and that's how me and Buddy kind of got um, started. Is we, you know, we came back, we did that promo together, and then, you know, and then shortly after, we uh, we did a house show together, and I. Uh, <laughs> um, and we wanted to look like a tag team because I think we they were just putting. The Lucha Dragons together, and so they wanted a tag team on house shows that, that uh, so the Lucha Dragons could could work and stuff like that. In our very first house show, we uh, <laughs> I had to borrow because Buddy had the kind of white, and I didn't have any white, so I had to borrow someone's boots, and then I had to borrow someone's trunks to kind of match his white. So I was like completely, you know, uh, borrowing other people's stuff just so we can kind of look like a tag team. And then that's when me and him decided, like, you know, it's funny because we were told several times, like, listen, we're just trying to get you reps. We're just trying to get you work. Don't invest in this tag team. Do not, you know, do not get. But me and Buddy were just like, you know what? I think this is our shot to try to get on TV. And um, so we did. We went, we, we went and got ourselves matching gear and stuff like that. And that's when uh, I think we, we had a finally a match. I want to say... It was against the Lucha Dragons, where uh, it was a get over for them. But we, when we showed up uh, in matching gear, that's when we kind of turned heads. Went, oh, okay, yeah, maybe we should start doing something with these guys. So, did you know immediately you guys had good chemistry because you guys always gelled well together as a team? 
Yeah, well, we like so we met at our tryout. He was at the same tryout we were back in Tampa, and we hit it off then. And then we um, once we got uh, in Orlando, we kind of would hang out and be friends and stuff like that. And we would go out to eat and, um, and that type of stuff. So yeah, we always kind of like hung out. We always kind of gelled. We you know started riding together, and I think that's when you know, our chemistry really started picking up. Is when we started riding together and uh, that type of stuff. But yeah, I think, you know, and we just kind of go off each other. Always worked well together. It seemed like, like, and the matching gear it does help. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. Makes your team. Yeah, and that's like I said when when we did that. That's when they're just oh, that's I think we want to do something with these guys, and, they, and that's when we start kind of getting more a little bit more TV time and um, and that type of stuff. And that's when you know they, uh, they put the titles on us, you know, which was caught out of surprise. Because for the most part, we were just kind of losing. And then we went to TVs that day, and then they kind of pulled us aside, and they were just like, Yeah, you are going to be in the titles. And we were just like, Whoa, that's out of left field. And then, uh, which is it's a funny thing because we were um, on house shows, we were wrestling as baby faces all, all the time. Anytime we wrestled people, we were always in the baby face role. Um, and once we won the titles, uh, our very first house show that we um, were champions, we come out and we kind of wrestled how we've been wrestling. And we get to the back and we're like, what are y'all doing? And we're like, what do you mean what are we doing? They're like, you know your heels? <laughs> like, no, we didn't know we were heels. And so that's when we started having that. And we had this like, sort of like oh, wait, y'all, y'all want us as heels? And like, yeah, we want y'all as heels. And I was like, oh, why didn't y'all tell us? And so that's when we started going the heel route. So. Yeah, you, you think they would have let you know, like, oh, by the way, you guys are heels now. But yeah, you know, that it, they, you think that once we won the title, titles, they would have been like, hey, you know, now y'all are going to be, you know, start being heels. But yeah, they, they didn't tell us anything until, you know, we started wrestling and they're like, what are y'all doing? Why are y'all wrestling like that? But yeah, we just weren't told. So. What did you think when you won the titles? You said you were shocked. So they didn't give you any, like, Warning, like, hey, you're gonna be the tag champs. No, actually, the, the weekend before we um, we actually got set down. I think I believe me and Buddy were in Fort Pierce, and we uh, we got set down with a couple of the coaches, and we were saying uh, they kind of told us like, hey, y'all kind of wrestling like outside your lane a little bit. Y'all need to like, y'all need to stay in here. Like, y'all are kind of like wrestling out out here. Like, and we're like, oh, okay. Just the, the vibe that me and Buddy got on the ride home, we were just like, oh man, like, are they going to break us up? Or, you know, because we kind of got like, a stern talking to. And then once we showed up to TVs that day, that's, you know, um, you know, we, we knew we had we had wrestled twice, uh, but we, we were like let in, in on it until like later on that day when, uh, when they finally told us, like, hey, you know, yeah, you are going to get the, you're going to get the title. So we were just like, whoa, you know, we just, <laughs> We just had a stern talking to right now. You know, now we're getting the titles put on us. So. And you're going to be champ for about 220 days, so it's not like it's going to be some short title reign. It's going to be a lengthy reign. Yeah, I know. And um, and we because uh, before that, uh, we that I think that when we started pitching stuff with Alexa, 
uh, right before that, like, talk and, and all that stuff, when we started pitching, like, hey, we want, like, to bring Lexi on with us. We believe that she would add a uh, great character, great dimensions, and stuff like that. And so, and then, you know, that, that was one of those pitches that they eventually went with, and it was, it was a lot of fun. And so, uh, yeah, that was really cool. That trio definitely worked. I mean, you guys were over for sure. Yeah, no, it's a, it, like, so it was a lot of fun with two great people, you know, two absolute professionals, and just like in, in every word of the sense. Uh, they, you know, like, uh, Lexi was great, you know, like character wise, that she, she helped me and Murphy with like promos and stuff like that, confidence, and then, you know, and, you know, of course, me and Murphy always fed off each other, ring wise, and, you know, back and forth, like what we could do to make it better and, you know, how can our performance be better and all that stuff. So, yeah, it was just something that we pitched and it was one of those things like, man, we hope we this happens and then, it, you know, it did. And it was, and we're happy that it did happen. You guys had a pretty good tag division. Enzo and Cass are there, the Vaude villains, Lucha Dragons, you guys, obviously. Pretty good little uh, tag division you guys had going on there. Yeah, we did. Uh, we had uh, the tag uh, division was strong and it's funny because when i first got there um nxt the tag division was it was mainly ascension uh when we first got there and it was just uh, it was um it was oliver gray and, and neville but oliver gray uh he just blew out his knee right before we got there so it was Gray's and neville but then they ended up dropping the titles to ascension and of course ascension had their titles for you know over a year and i know there were at that time, they were kind of scrambling for tag teams, you know, when we first got there, like, you know, because uh, like I said, they had Ascension and they were just kind of like, man, we need, we need some fresh faces. And I think that's why they had Kalisto. They were trying him out with a couple of different tag partners to try to, you know, help out the tag division. And then it, it just, just so happens um, that we, you know, once we started coming, uh, up, like there was, there was several uh, tag teams. Like we, it was us, uh, Bob Billings, and then shortly after it was American Alpha, and then it was um, FTR or is the Revival. They they would just, you know, we wrestled them plenty of times on house shows. Uh, we, you know, the tag division was coming in strong, and then towards the end of me, buddy, that's when they started bringing in DIY and stuff like that. And so, um, yeah, it was it, it, it was getting fun. When you guys lose the titles and they split you up, was that a surprise at all? Because it seemed like you guys were on quite the roll. Yeah. Uh, so when they, so like I said earlier, when we dropped the titles, we kind of figured that, okay, now we should be getting our call soon. Like, where do we get called up to the main roster? Because at that time, that's kind of what it was the trend. It's like you drop a title and then you'll get called up soon. And so we, we dropped the title and then, um, you know, we're still kind of doing house shows. It's uh, Blake Alexa Murphy. And yeah, and then after a while, we're just kind of like, you know, we stay in there and we're just like, okay, we're like, well, what's going on? And that's when we were told like, hey, listen, we're going to split y'all up. But from what we thought, we were going to split Alexa up from Blake and Murphy. It's what, you know, me and Buddy thought. So we're like, okay. Because they had some ideas with her, like okay, now we're gonna kind of let her be her single star, which we were like, okay, that's great, you know. And the that's when me and Murphy thought like, okay, maybe now we get called up. 
Uh, and then Lexa went off and did hers, uh, you know, singles run. So then me and Buddy were kind of like still doing house shows, tagging and stuff. And then it just felt like we were, um, you know, slowly like they, they started like drifting us like a TVs were just kind of, hey, is there anything with us? And they said no. And then they would be like, oh, but, uh, Murphy's wrestling. And we went, oh, okay. Or uh, Blake, you're wrestling. And we worked like together. And then they started making a little bit of headway where they're like, okay, now we're all going to be like making fun of each other for losing type stuff. And so we kind of started doing some backstage like that. And then they told us like, hey, um, you and uh, Murphy are going to wrestle. Uh, but it was just a thing to help out Joe. Uh, so it was literally a, like a two-minute match where it's me and Buddy, you know, go tit for tat, and Joe comes out and destroys both of us, and that's when we kind of got told, like, yeah, you are going on do your single stuff. Oh, okay. And so that's when. Uh, and then were you the cowboy again for a brief period? No, I, I started doing like a beautiful Blake. I had the blonde hair. And stuff oh, like that. that's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I started doing beautiful Blake. And I was, you know, um, trying to go off almost like a like a Bobby Eaton type stuff. I was trying, trying to be like a, an arrogant prick. Like I used to throw streamers out, like you know, like someone was celebrating, like I was celebrating my own party type thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I tried, you know, I was doing that for a while. And then we had an Australian tour, uh, the end of 2016. And on that tour, I was told like, hey, when we get back, like you can do it this tour, but once we get back, you um, you can't do this uh, gimmick anymore. Because um, they told me that's where the Velveteen Dream, where I started debuting Velveteen Dream, and his character is a lot like yours, and so you need to uh, come up with something else. So, um, so I did all that European or that uh, Australian tour, and when I got back, uh, one of the first calls I made was to Steve. And I uh, said, hey, um, you know, are you serious about tagging? And uh, he's like, hell yeah. And so that's when we started coming together and like started picking stuff. And that's when we started getting matching tides and we were like, okay, here's our, our goal and stuff like that. And let's, let's try to make this happen. And that's kind of the beginning of you and Steve's story and how you guys got together and became really, the, I mean, the Forgotten Sons or the beginning of it. But, yeah. Very much so, yeah, because I, I said I did Beautiful Blake for probably about a year. And then, like I said, the end of 2016, that's when they told me that I uh, don't do that anymore. And me and Steve, uh, me and Steve, I mean, we were another, um, he was riding with Buddy and us uh, all way back then because he joined uh, the PC in 2014, um, so shortly after we were there. And he was he was in a lot of our car rides. I mean, he was you know so he was always in our car rides with me. It was me, him, buddy, and, and uh, Alexa a lot of times. So um, you know, so all three of us got along and you know we gelled well. And uh, you know, we would even make jokes like, "Oh man, I wonder why it should be me and Steve tagging instead of me and, and me and Murphy because we were just you know so much like a like a brother, uh, brothers to each other." And so, and then when the opportunity came, when they told me like, hey, don't do that, that's when I was like, all right, Steve, like, let's try to make this happen. So, and that's when, uh, that's when we started pitching towards Forgotten Sons. So. 
And then they start building up the tag division again. Obviously, Tyler Black and Ricochet aren't really a team, but they throw them together for a team for the Dusty Classic and, and uh, O'Reilly and Fish. I mean, there was a bunch of teams that they start putting together, too. Yeah, so when, yeah, the uh, beginning of 2017 is kind of a, a, another transition from the tag division because uh, AOP um, is just going up. Uh, DIY just split up. I want to say uh, Revival is about to go up. And so you're kind of like left with, you know, uh, you know, and then I want to say that that's when Unspeed Air just came on um, shortly after. So you, you kind of made there's a lot of opportunity here for uh, us getting in the tag division and us being, and I, and I told them like us being heels tag division. Because uh, I always told them like, dude, if we go the heel route, and if we get booed, we, you know, I, I believe they'll book us against top baby faces, and I think we can like make some magic. Uh, so that's what we did. We were being um, heel tag team, and and, and at that time, I, I felt like it was just a perfect storm to get up there and, and to get on TV. But it just took us longer than we expect to get on TV. So. Yeah, you get, had to go through a few dusty classics before they <laughs> called you. Yeah, we, uh, well, I remember we, our first debut was going to be, it was in Atlanta, and um, we had to get over it, and then we were going to cut the promo, like, hey, we were going to be in the Dusty Classic. Uh, but for some reason, they exonated it. They, you know, I, uh, we were told, like, how they didn't like the promo, so we reshot a promo backstage, and, you know, so they were just like, oh, you know, we're just gonna exit the whole thing, and so they, we, so our uh, first, um, you know, TV shot was kind of shot down. So we're, oh, and then that's when shortly after, because we, <laughs> when we finally were gonna debut, the writer goes, "Man, we've been trying to figure out to get y'all on TV for the past nine months." <laughs> like, <"What?" laughs> yeah, you could, us too, you know. So. Um, and so once we, uh, and then once that happened, you know, it, it kind of, you know, that kind of took some wind out of our sails, but then, uh, we talked to Triple H and Triple H said, Hey, we're going to bring Riker on with you and kind of have you that. And that's when, uh, you know, that's when we kind of started going off with that. And we went more military, like I was telling you, ask, uh, with the Forgotten Sons. Who calls you up? I know we talked about the, the WWE and... And, and that whole thing. But who is the one that actually calls you up when you leave NXT? Is it Johnny Ace? Uh, no, uh, Triple H told us. So, we were, yeah, we were at TVs, and he, uh, uh, we were getting ready to do a thing with um, Grizzled Young Vets. We were uh, uh, there at TVs. We were going to have a match with them. And then, uh, so we're in there. We're putting together a match, and then uh, Triple H and Matt Boom call us over. And we were just kind of like, oh, okay, like, I don't want to work. Because we... Uh, we were down there, and they wasn't, they wasn't really doing much with us. They were kind of like, uh, we, we talked to Sean, and Sean had this idea of like, hey, maybe we start turning on babyface, uh, you know, type thing. Because you have been heel and stuff like that. But maybe if we start turning so on um, live events, they, they kind of start putting us towards heel teams or putting us in babyface roles um, type of stuff. And so we... And so we thought it was going to be a talk like that. So we thought, oh, hey, here's an idea. And that 
uh, but when we went over there, that's when Triple H informed us that, hey, you know, um, y'all, this will be y'all's last TV match for NXT. We're giving you a call-up, and y'all will probably debut after uh, um, WrestleMania. He's like, and then, and he, even he's like, at that time, he was just like, you know, there could be a lot of exciting feuds with y'all three. Y'all have the bloodline uh, with Roman and Usos. He's like, y'all have the New Day. He's like, so we can, he's like, y'all be working with a lot of like, you know, great people, which we were excited about. And then that's when shortly, um, so we did the match with Grizzly and Vets, and then shortly after COVID hit. And because uh, we were supposed to fly up to Connecticut uh, the week before Mania to talk with Vince and the creative, but we, uh, we never got the chance. Oh, they got X made. So, and that's when, um, yeah, and so we were wondering if we were even going to debut. And uh, luckily we did uh, right after Mania uh, in April. So. I know COVID happened in the pandemic, but is Vince a hard guy to uh, you know get in touch with and actually meet one on one and talk with? Yeah, I, uh, so I never talked to him uh, the whole time that I was I was kind of up there. Um, so I, the, the only time I, I did see him was after our match in um, at Money in the Bank. Um, I, I saw him there, and he he, he talked to uh, to all the teams for a little bit, by uh, about two or three minutes, and then that was about the only time that I really had an uh, interaction with him. I, uh, Steve and I we tried to uh, talk to him, uh, kind of when we were trying to come back when we were you know pitching ideas and stuff like that, and we we just both agreed like you know what like you know uh, we you want to have a relationship with with someone like we were saying like with triple h um i never had that relationship where i could like call or text or whatever you know just kind of you know that you that you want right with um and so it was like you know what let's try to do that with vince let's try to like you know make an effort like try to talk to him whatever you know just introduce ourselves let's just so he knows who we are and kind of what we bring to the table and that type of stuff uh so we tried that on several different occasions, but we never we can never get a hold of him. So I mean, he is a very hard man to get a hold of. So, uh, but yeah, I, I didn't really, I never got to meet Vince. Crazy in all those years, he must yeah. be hard to uh, hard to you know get down and get him. Yes, yeah. Now as we hit the wind down, head towards the finish. Wanted to mention this because Buddy Murphy just got released, which was a yes. bit surprising to me because he's on TV and doing all this stuff. What did you think about that? Because it's weird. Again, budget cuts. Right. Uh, very, um, very surprised. Very, very surprised about that. Uh, you know, uh, I reached out to him. I gave him a call and just see how he's doing and stuff like that. He seems to be doing well. Um, you, know, as, you know, we all, you know, kind of all get along and kind of, you know, you know, boys in the locker room, we're all kind of family. We, you know, look out for each other. But he seems to be doing well and stuff like that. He just getting ready for the next phase as well. Uh, once he's been ninety day uh, no compete type thing, kind of all of us are. But yeah, that was very much a shocker. Uh, that was a, a huge surprise, uh, not only to him but to myself. So, um, but I was happy that I got to talk to him. And happy that he's doing well. If you think about it, Blake and Murphy eventually might be able to get back together. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's uh, 
It's a great possibility. Blake and Murphy, uh, you know, Steve Macklin and myself. There's a, there's a lot of possibilities out there. So there's, um, which is exciting. And I, like I told you, I, I've always been a tag team guy. I always love tag team wrestling. Always find it very interesting and very intriguing to me. It's something that I've always enjoyed. Um, but you know, a, a singles, you know, um, I wouldn't mind that either. You know, or I mean, of course, anyone would. You know, so that's the the great possibilities of it. You know, uh, this right now is this can go anywhere. Who's your favorite tag team of all time? Oh wow! Um, I will have to say, Rock and Roll Express. Um, but what drew me into tag team wrestling when I was a little kid was uh, LOD, um, of course. Um, but after rock and roll, it would probably be uh, Heart Foundation, um, then the Rockers, uh, uh, Funks are up there, uh, the Von Erics are good, um, you know, the Freebirds, you know, they, 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 they rocked it too. Uh, there, there's so many. Um, tag teams, it, it, yeah, it's just, but yeah, I would have to probably go rock and roll. Uh, I, mean, they're, I mean, they're the whole reason why, you know, the tag teams are that's, you know, still here and why it is it, the way it is is because they were so hot at that time, you know. And um, yeah, then, then kind of going through there, I mean, New Age Outlaws, Edge and Christian, you know, kind of growing up, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, that. Good choice, though. Rock and Roll Express, they're awesome. One yeah. of the best. Yeah. yeah. To me, to me, they are the best. I mean, that's what they are, like, the epitome of tag team wrestling. You know, and that, that's one of the cool things about being the performance here. You have people come in like that, and you get to kind of run off on, you know, both, you know, Ricky and Robert have come in on, on different occasions, and they're kind of like, you know, giving them, you know, giving us, you know, uh, their tag team bits, and it's been amazing. So... Where do you see yourself in a couple of years, and where do you want to be? Uh, well, I want to be uh, I would love to um, still be wrestling. I always say that, you know, as long as my body holds up and I, I'm, I'm good and uh, I'm strong and stay athletic enough, that I'll keep doing this as long as my body will let me. Um, so I see myself uh, competing at a high level. Um, you know, hopefully, um, when people watch me, they uh, get inspired to uh, do what they want to do. I mean, whether it's wrestling or whether it's something else, maybe, uh, you know, it just that's one of the things I always try to harp on is, you know, follow your passion. Uh, you know, and, you know, wrestling has always been a passion of mine, and I've always said if I can do it for a living, then I've lived a great life. And, you know, I've, the old Stone Cold thing, you know, I haven't worked a day in my life. That's kind of how I feel. And now, um, is, you know, with these next couple of months, because I like to put like short-term goals in which it will end in long-term goals. So, you know, once, I think I have six weeks left, once the six weeks left, and my third uh, child this year has kind of hit the ground running, kind of going, um, seeing what you know all the activities i can get into uh with wrestling because right now i think it's opening up a whole lot of um things you know especially with the pandemic i think people are getting more creative 
with uh, their filming content and stuff like that. And so I, I'm very interested, very excited about the future of pro wrestling. Now, before we let you go, where can everybody find you, keep up with you, your social media, and everything else you got going on? Uh, so you can go to our Twitter or uh, my Instagram. It's the Weston Blake. Um, if you need me for uh, bookings or anything like that, it's uh, bookwestonblake at gmail.com. Uh, if you want any kind of business or inquiries, um, you know, just eat, shoot an email through there. And so, yeah, and please yeah, uh, follow along. Hopefully, uh, you know, we can make this journey together and hopefully you have fun. Hopefully you're entertained by what I do. And um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Great stuff. Thank you uh, so much for all time and good luck with the new baby. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two-man power trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies brother.